You're listening to CAC Radio, Eastern Kentucky's best internet radio station. Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, where you'll find a safe place for you and your family, a place where praise and worship is encouraged and the preaching and teaching of God's Word is anointed and fulfilling. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Check one, two, check one, two, check. All right, welcome to the broadcast today. We had a little bit of technical difficulties going on here this morning. We're going to try our best to uh, get some things lined out here so that we can get smooth operations going here. But uh, we just uh, welcome you to the broadcast on this Monday. That's right. It is a Monday type of 
day, and we uh, appreciate you joining us for the broadcast today. We got some stuff coming up this week that you do not want to miss, and we want to mention all of these things because uh, we are expecting to have a great time with our Harvest Time Crusade, and so that's going to start Friday night. You do not want to miss this. You want to be a part of this because it's going to be a great time of gathering together and having revival. That's right, having revival. And uh, so we're going to uh, be checking out uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock. Come on out and be with us, Brother Buddy Puckett. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Moppin's going to be with us, and there will be a dinner following, so keep that in mind. Also, we'd like to let you know that the CAC Christmas Ornament Exchange is coming up Friday, December the 1st, 7 p.m. Keep that in mind. That'll be at CAC. Also, we will be celebrating our 10th anniversary online celebration Tuesday, December the 5th. Started broadcasting Monday through Friday back in December of 2013. So join us on December the 5th for a great uh, trip down memory lane. And also we have our CAC Christmas program coming up Sunday, December the 10th at 6 p.m. So keep that in mind. And also uh, we'd like to let you know that we're also going to be having our New Year's Eve celebration. That's right. Our New Year's Eve celebration's coming up and it's going to be a great time. So we want you to be a part of that. So come on out and be with us at CAC as we celebrate what the Lord's done in the past year and looking forward to the new year. And of course, our youth service is back up running full age groups. So if you are a toddler up to 18, come on out and be a part of CAC youth department. Well, we do have some prayer requests that we want to make mention of, and we want to remember, I'll mention the last 10 as you see those scroll across your screen. We want to remember um, Pam Bartley, Vicki Wolford, Debbie Ratliff, Edo Killian, uh, or Edo Killian, um, Elizabeth Gross, Renee Stiltner, Cindy Darty, Samantha Lester, Dowling Cole, the Larry Hoss Wolford family, and Amos Blankenship. I called him McCoy for some reason uh, yesterday when I was giving him prayer requests, but it's Amos Blankenship that needs a touch, has COVID, and uh, we want to pray that he uh, gets touched uh, today. And also, uh, we want to uh, take your prayer requests. You may have some prayer requests that you uh, want to put in the chat room, the comment section, or you can actually call in at 606-282-4108, or you can send those to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Well, uh, our uh, audio uh, soundboard is uh, got a few bugs I'm going to have to work out. So uh, let's just see if I can even get to our Bible program up uh, because I don't even know if I can get the Bible program uh, to go today because of uh, the... Second Kings. The... Uh, Second Kings, chapter 2. Second Kings, chapter 3. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. In the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. And Mesha, king of Moab, was a sheep master, and rendered unto the king of Israel an hundred thousand lambs and an hundred thousand rams with the wool. But it came to pass, when Ahab was dead, that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And king Jehoram went out of Samaria the same time, and numbered all Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art. My people is thy people, and my horses is thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? 
And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together, to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called them to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee, nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass, when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And ye shall smite every fenced city and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, and mar every good piece of land with stones. And it came to pass in the morning, when the meat offering was offered, that, behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward, and stood in the border. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water, and the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, This is blood. The kings are surely slain, and they have smitten one another. Now therefore, Moab, to the spoil! And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites, so that they fled before them. But they went forward, smiting the Moabites, even in their country. And they beat down the cities, and on every good piece of land cast every man his stone, and filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water, and felled all the good trees. Only in Kaharaseth left they the stones thereof. Howbeit the slingers went about it, and smote it. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him seven hundred men that drew swords, to break through even unto the king of Edom. But they could not. Then he took his eldest son, that should have reigned in his stead, and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him, and returned to their own land. 2 Kings Chapter 4 Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband,
Thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons, and brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when... Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was, that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king, or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head! My head! And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother! And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thine hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them, and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him, and told him, saying, The child is not awake. 
And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead, and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore, and shut the door upon them twain, and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned, and walked in the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in, and fell at his feet, and bowed herself to the ground, and took up her son, and went out. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds, his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. But he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot, and he said, Pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. And there came a man from Baal-Shalashah, and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley, and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, Give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, What? Should I set this before an hundred men? He said again, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, They shall eat, and shall leave thereof. So he set it before them, and they did eat, and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. Well, I think we finally got everything lined out. Hopefully everything's sounding good on your end. Because we had just a little bit of technical difficulty going on this morning. But uh, it's just one of those things that we had to work out. Well, sometimes, you know, the electronics sometimes don't uh, do what they're supposed to. But what I like about the uh, electronics we have here on this digital board is that all I have to do, if I can't fix the problem real quick, like I was having a problem, I just go and click on a button and reload all the settings of the last time it worked good and it just takes right off. So that's what's happening uh, with uh, with our little problem this morning. I should have done that first thing, but I thought that I could really fix it up and I'll try to fix it up uh, a little later uh, with another way. I was trying to just relabel some things and kind of move some things around on the board. Digital boards, you can do all sorts of things, but you don't want to hear about all that digital board stuff. You want to maybe have a little bit of uh, maybe what we call our trivia question of the day. Let's try to squeeze that in and see what happens. Time is it? I tell you what time it's it is. Time. It's time for us to have a little time trivia time question of the day. CAC trivia time. question of the day is brought to you by 
Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps Radio and Television Broadcast. The radio broadcast is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHYFM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the Listen Live links Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world, that's Q95FM. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast, and that is Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, and you can also go to Q95, or I should say Mountaintop Media TV, and that's at 2 and 2.30 p.m. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, well, guess what? You can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, today's trivia question, what relative was Lot of Abraham? What relative of Lot was Abraham? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. And speaking of results, well, we do have the results of yesterday's trivia question. Yesterday's trivia question was simply this. It was, to which king did Isaiah prophesy the invasion by Babylon. And out of those that participated, it looks like 100% of you got it correct. Yeah, so 100% of you got it correct. We'll give you a hand. Thank you for participating in that uh, trivia question yesterday, and or that would have been Friday, I should say. And uh, today's trivia question, what relative was Lot of Abraham? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It will take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. And let's see what else we got going on here. Uh, Let's see if we can't squeeze in our Commonwealth Minute. It's uh, just a little segment that is one minute long. And we try our best to... uh, fulfill our obligations that uh, we was uh, told Rick Nelson that we would do. He's the executive director of Commonwealth Policy Center. So here it is for today. Pray for our leaders. Welcome to the Commonwealth Minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. Kentuckians voted in Andy Bashir for another four years as governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. It was a hard-fought race, which leaves Kentucky deeply divided, largely between rural and urban. Bashir won 29 counties, mostly cities, while Cameron won 91 counties, mostly in rural parts of the state. Now, there's a temptation to be bitter at the election results, but don't. For Christians, they're told to pray and intercede for all people and for kings and all those in authority over them. This applies to us today. We're also told that the king's heart is in God's hands. Christians are called to live at peace. It doesn't mean that they compromise righteousness, but they work towards it regardless of the situation or the leaders who are in power. And may you pray to that end. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC for Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. And that was the Commonwealth Minute. And we're glad that you joined us today. It is time for us to take our little break. And the reason we take a break, we got to clear up the lag so that we can record our teaching sessions, put them on the archives, and we can watch them at different times. You can even share that with other people. So don't go anywhere. Don't touch at any key. We'll be right back. Welcome to A Little Bit of Church Every Day, home Bible study 21st century style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. 
You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily ICAST, just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style. And of course, we're bringing you uh, the study today. We're in the book of Revelation. We're studying our way through uh, the entire book, and uh, we want to preface uh, the book of Revelation with this, uh, the study with this. Uh, even though it talks about future events and things coming up on this earth, the most important thing that Revelation is, is simply what it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So keep that in mind as we study because these events, events are uh, interesting and important, but we got to know Jesus. We got to serve Jesus. We got to uh, put all of our, as the old saying in East Kentucky goes, all of our eggs in the one basket of Jesus because uh, people may have different opinions about Revelation, different opinions about the rapture, different opinions about uh, what's happening in the world or going to happen in the world, but uh, we can't have any difference of opinion when it comes to Jesus Christ. He has been revealed as God. He has been revealed as Savior. He has been revealed as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so we want to pick up where we left off on Friday. We studied on Friday in Revelation, and we want to pick back up once again. And we're going to pick up in verse number 11. So let's go to our screen and let's begin to read today. And it begins to say in verse number 11, and of course, we're in chapter 11 of Revelation. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, talking about the two witnesses. And they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour there was a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to God, to the God of heaven. Now I want to stop right there because um, there's just some things that we want to kind of recap uh, of the uh, two witnesses that we studied on Friday. So if you want to go back and, and watch that video at a later time, that will help you uh, kind of get caught up. But if you was in the study Friday, then you're caught up already, and we can talk about those uh, two witnesses and kind of recap uh, what we want to talk about. So we want to go to the Lord in prayer. And we want to ask the Lord uh, to bless us today as we study the word, that we will study the word line upon line, precept upon precept, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's pray. 
Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here today on this platform to teach your word and fellowship with your people all across the world. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us today as we study your word, that we will take what we read line upon line, precept upon precept, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if we uh, misquote or misrepresent anything in your word, we ask forgiveness and ask that you would help us, Lord, to make it right. And we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, you know, uh, looking at our um, recap of these two witnesses, these two witnesses uh, were killed, and uh, they could only be killed when they finished their ministry. So a lot of times we look and we say, well, you know, uh, these two witnesses uh, were not able to be killed at one time, and then they were able to be killed at another time which means that they had to finish their ministry and, um, you know, they were obedient servants and uh, they were uh, not able to be slain or killed until uh, their ministry was finished. Then all of a sudden uh, they are killed by the beast from the bottomless pit and uh, we see that with that they're laying in the street and uh, they're laying in the streets of Jerusalem for three and one-half days. They're laying in the street. Can you imagine laying in the street for three and one-half days? And um, the entire world is going to see this. How are they going to see this? Well, they're going to see this through uh, TV, satellite service, all of this, because we're we're now a small world because of the media outlets. We can watch what's going on with the war in Israel. We can watch what's going on with the uh, local news. Uh, you know, so so we can see world events now, and 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 world events are now broadcast to the entire world. There's hardly a place where, uh, you know, you can't watch uh, these world events unfold. So when these uh, three, these uh, for three and a half days, uh, these two witnesses are laying in the street, uh, the world's going to see that. The world's going, it's going to be broadcast to the world. So the world is going to see that. And I want to uh, just kind of uh, get us caught up here, as as I said, Um then the world is going to celebrate. The world is going to celebrate uh, because um, you know uh, they were they were slain. Uh, you know, um, some people were shocked that Hamas was celebrating uh, because of the people that were slain and what they had done to people in Israel. Let it be no surprise. Evil rejoices when it gets its way. Evil rejoices when uh, it is unchecked. That's why we, the people of God, have got to stand for the word of God. We've got to preach against sin. We've got to stand up in our day because evil unchecked rejoices in the destruction that it does. And that's what Hamas was doing. That's what the people will be doing right here as we read in Revelation. Uh, they, first of all, see uh, all of this uh, unfold, and their bodies are left in the streets in Jerusalem for three and a half days, as we said. The entire world's going to be able to see this and watch this. And then uh, terror is magnified by an earthquake which kills 7,000 people and destroys one-tenth of Jerusalem. Now we're starting to see things that is dealing specifically with Jerusalem. And uh, you know what? Uh, a third woe's getting ready to happen. But I want to read also something else that a writer said. And, uh, of course, this is um, uh, 
uh, a booklet that just is uh, kind of breaking down Revelation. And Revelation 11 begins with a statement regarding the temple, uh, which is to be rebuilt upon earth in Jerusalem. The location of this temple is definitely definitely known uh, because it is the holy city which will be trodden underfoot for 42 months. So we're not guessing about the temple being rebuilt. You've heard that, you know, before, uh, that the temple is going to be rebuilt. Uh, sacrifices are going to be re-implemented. I know ever so often you hear uh, of uh, people saying, oh, well, they've done got the red heifer ready, and they've done got uh, their, their uh, you know, uh, sacrificing uh, order ready and practicing and all of this. And, uh, the temple is just waiting to be rebuilt. And, uh, so with that, uh, you know, at the close of the chapter in one statement regarding the temple in heaven. So, uh, in the middle of the tribulation, the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem in the temple. The antichrist will appear and claim the right to be worshipped. So uh, we're going to see uh, that it's uh, just like the Bible says in Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse four, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God. Notice this. This is Second Thessalonians chapter two verse four that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. You see, the Antichrist is going to appear to be Jesus. He's going to appear to be the Messiah. He's going to appear to be God. And so he's going to set up in the temple, and he's going to allow sacrifices to be re-implemented for the first three and a half years, uh, you know, I guess we could uh, claim it in that way. Uh, but he's going to let the the um, the sacrifices resume, and then we're going to see him all of a sudden break off those sacrifices, and that's when he reveals himself as the Antichrist. But here, in this particular uh, portion of Scripture. He is, uh, you know, the temple's going to be rebuilt, and he's going to set up as God. He's going to tell people he's God. People's going to believe he's God. And that's why we got to know the word so that we don't get deceived with all the things going on uh, that will happen in this world. The religious system of, of the man of sin will be connected with the temple in Jerusalem. Now, the 11th chapter closes with the statement that the temple of God was opened in heaven. So this significant thing is to be noted here is that the ark of his testament is seen. This speaks of God's covenant with Israel in the midst of a judgment scene described as lightnings and voices and thunders and earthquake and great hell. The judgment will come, but Israel will be spared will be saved, if you will. Now, the two witnesses, let's get down to our two witnesses here. During the first half of the tribulation, two supernatural beings will appear upon the earth. They are two persons who speak and preach God's message or word. They wear sackcloth, which declares the need for repentance. If You, you have to sometimes have a background of Old Testament um, uh, way of worship and a way of approaching God in order to understand some of these things. So uh, I urge you to go back and study how people repented. Uh, you know, they, they went in sackcloth and sometimes sat in ashes and all of these things. So we see that these two witnesses wear sackcloth, which declares the need for repentance. After they are killed by the beast, people will rejoice. They're going to send gifts because they claim that these two witnesses have tormented them. Now remember, from the beginning of time, God's creation 
God's church, God's people, have always been blamed to be the problem. Notice that, because that's something I think that we all need to grab onto. Uh, you know, uh, Hamas is claiming that Israel is the problem. People look at Christianity today and say, you all are the problem. But we're not the problem. And the reason that things happen to people who sin is because of sin. The wages of sin is death. Here we're going to see that, uh, you know, these two witnesses had power to call fire down from heaven and uh, all of these things. And so uh, people starting to say, oh, they're dead now. The two witnesses that tormented us and caused us all these problems, they're dead. So they will start rejoicing in the street while the two witnesses are laying there dead. They will rejoice and send gifts to one another. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? How, how evil man can get and how twisted man can get and how that man can't realize when something is of God. But this is all coming back to what we talked about earlier. You keep putting the Lord off, your heart gets hardened. You keep rejecting the Lord, the next thing you know, you don't want anything to do with, with God or his people. I know people that have, uh, you know, backslid and uh, some have blasphemed and some have just got to the edge of blaspheming. And they talk about how that uh, they they were tormented and they were they were so, uh, you know, um, uh, persecuted and and so bound. Not by the world, but by the church they attended, all because the church they attended preached the word of God. Come out from among the world. Be separate. Don't fall into the trap of the world. Don't get entangled with the world. And then we see how people's hearts can be hardened. They become so hardened. They don't want anything to do with church. They don't want anything to do with preachers. They don't want anything to do. You know, I I talk. I was talking to a guy one time, and he was talking about how that uh, uh uh, his wife ran off with a preacher and he said, I hate all preachers. I don't like no preachers. Well, you know, you can't hate everybody just because something bad happened to you. That'd be like saying, if you got fired, well, I'm not going to ever work again. I hate all companies and all jobs. You know, it'd be like if, if Walmart, uh, you know, sold you something that uh, ended up you didn't like the way it tasted or you didn't like what it was, and you say, well, I hate all Walmarts. you got, got to remember how silly man can get when we uh, fall away from the Lord. And when you fall away from the Lord, uh, you know, you turn against the church. You turn against the good because now you're on the evil side. You're on the bad side. There's only two sides to this. The Lord said back in, in the Old Testament, I set before you good and evil. I set before you death and life. I want you to choose life. I want you to choose good. So when people backslide, they're not backsliding into some middle ground of saying, well, I'm not evil or I'm not, uh, you know, serving Satan or I'm not going to be uh, one of those people that uh, uh, say that they're walking in the way of, of the devil, but they are. And there's no middle ground. If I, if, if I hope I, I'm making this clear, there's no middle ground. When you're serving the Lord, you're serving the Lord. When you're not serving the Lord, you're serving Satan. That's right. You're walking his path. You're listening to his voice. There's no middle ground. And you might say, well, how come some people are not as evil as others? How come sometimes when people backslide, they go on and they don't bother anybody and all that? That doesn't matter. You're either on the Lord's side or you're not. It's that simple, right? Read your Bible. It is a fascinating book. But I want to uh, I want to get back and, and talk about these two witnesses because, um, you know, that they are going to rejoice. Um, they're sending gifts to one another because they claim that these two witnesses have tormented them. 
Now, the preaching of these witnesses brought condemnation and conviction upon the world. This condemnation tormented them. I believe a lot of people are tormented because of the preaching of truth. That's why they want to shut the preachers up. That's why they want to shut down preaching. That's why a lot of churches have done nothing more than become concerts to entertain people on a Sunday day. We sing, we rejoice, we go home. But there should be preaching. Why? Because preaching brings condemnation. Preaching brings conviction. And people don't want to feel conviction. Oh, I don't want to feel bad about the way my life is. I don't want to feel bad the way I'm living. But you know what? When we quit preaching the word and we quit preaching uh, with conviction, an anointing that brings conviction and brings condemnation, if we quit preaching that, we're useless. And that's what the devil wants. The devil wants every preacher to, to throw in the towel of preaching the word and just become entertainment. Let's sing a few songs. Let's talk about how good we are. Let's talk about how good life is. Let's talk about the opportunities in life. Think it and believe it. Say it and spray it and, you know, blab it and grab it. That's where people want preaching at today. People don't want to hear, you know, you're sinning. Fornication will send you to hell. Adultery will send you to hell. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear about the immorality and the the abomination of of uh, you know same sex marriage and uh, and uh, same sex relationships. They don't want to hear that. In fact, they want to shut that down. But what we have to do as the people of God, we have to keep preaching it, and and that's why the people rejoiced in the streets and sent gifts to one another. Because they thought, we are now rid of these two witnesses that were tormenting us. Well, preachers of righteousness, they're hated by those that are uh, brought under condemnation. Uh, People that are tormented by truth, reminded of their sin, reminded of their shortcomings, some turn to the Lord, but those that have a hardened heart, they turn against ministry. They turn against churches. They turn against God's people. So this can bring uh, something to light as we understand that uh, the two witnesses, the two olive trees, if you will, and the two candlesticks standing before God as prophesied by Zechariah chapter four, verses two and chapter uh, and verse three also. Uh, These witnesses have great power. They can uh, bring fire. Uh, They can kill their enemies. Uh, They have power to stop rain and send plagues. That's why when they get killed and lay in the street, people are rejoicing. We're not going to have to deal with the fire anymore. We're not going to have to deal with the, uh, you know, no rain. We're not going to have to deal with uh, the plagues anymore. So they rejoice and send gifts to one another. After they preach for three and one-half years, they are slain by the beast. However, it should be noted that they will be slain only after they finish their testimony, their work, their ministry. They could not be killed before the work was done. I'm going to say something to all of us. We will be here. You will be here until the Lord gets done with you, right? That's right. You know, uh, the people didn't take Paul out ahead of time. Uh, We can look at all of those that's been slain uh, by man. Uh, Man didn't take them out before. The Lord protects his people until their ministry is finished. And when our ministry is finished, our walk is finished, that's when the Lord calls us and we leave this world, right? This is, this is 
why you need to understand that these two witnesses are representative of, of some things that we can look at today. We can look at how that preaching and teaching uh, churches and, and things, uh, they're, they're, we will not, uh, you know, be taken out of the way prematurely or too soon or before the work is finished. The only way that can happen is if we backslide and don't want to do the work. As long as we're doing the work, the Lord's going to protect us. He's going to bless us. That's right. I don't think any of the people that was, uh, you know, imprisoned from Paul to John to, uh, you know, others that have been killed in historical, uh, you know, studies, we see that they were killed and how they were killed. I don't think any of them were taken out before their ministry was finished. I believe that when, when we're done, we're done. And that's, that's about as, the way I can put it. You may believe different. You may believe that, no, once a person's ministry's done, they can live on and do things and now enjoy life and all this stuff. No, I believe that uh, when we get done, we're done. But look at this just for a moment. Uh, they could not be killed before their work was done. Their bodies lay in the street of Jerusalem for three and one-half days, and the authorities refused to permit their bodies to be buried because they're rejoicing. You see, this is how the, the evil of the day is. When you're rejoicing over righteousness, you want that trophy to be there so people can see it. You remember when uh, Gaddafi and, and, uh, and others uh, were arrested and, and, and taken, how that they were dragged through the streets and they were, uh, you know, uh, just shown as trophies. Remember all that? You got to go back and, and look at that because that is what is happening here. They believe that these two witnesses don't bury them. We want to rejoice and show the world we've conquered that. We've conquered them. They're no longer have the ability to, to do what they said they can do. And uh, the whole world will see their corpse, uh, corpses laying uh, or lying in the street and rejoice. And after three and one half days, a great miracle takes place. And I want to stop right here because we've run out of time. But I want us to always remember uh, the Lord is using you. The Lord is using me. The Lord is using others. And the Lord is not going to allow anything to happen to you or me until our ministry is done. I don't want to leave anything, as, as a song says, unfinished. So I'm going to keep on serving the Lord. I'm going to keep on preaching His Word. I'm going to keep on teaching. I'm going to live for Him because I know that when my ministry's done, your ministry's done, your life has accomplished everything the Lord wants you to accomplish, then we all understand it's once appointed unto man to die, and after this, the judgment. Well, these two witnesses, I hope it's helped you understand they couldn't be killed until their ministry was done. And we'll pick up on the miracle that was going to happen there on the two witnesses as the world is rejoicing against righteousness. Well, the world's rejoicing against righteousness today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the study today. I pray that I have expounded it fully, rightly divided word of truth. I pray, Lord, if I misrepresented or misquoted your word in any way, that you would forgive me and help me to make it right. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us to understand that you have something for all of us to do, and we need to be about your business. Help us to understand that when our ministry's done, our work is done, that that's when you will take us and our, our work will be ended. I give you the praise, I give you the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
You know, I was thinking about uh, this uh, uh, particular statement that until your ministry or your life or your work is done for the Lord, uh, you're going to be on this earth. Uh, That's the reason Paul could say that he had uh, finished the course. Paul said, I've run the race. I've kept the faith and, and I've finished the course. And you see, if we're not careful, uh, we'll forget Paul wasn't taken out before he was supposed to be taken out. He was taken out after he run his race. He was taken out after he finished the course. He was taken out after he had done what the Lord wanted him to do. So with that said, uh, we want to always remember that we've got a work to do. And the Lord is going to uh, help us to accomplish that. Let's just stay focused on the Lord. Well, we got to get out of here and get some stuff done. And I hope that you've enjoyed the broadcast today because, um, you know, there's nothing like studying the word of the Lord. And uh, I love studying the word. I hope you do, too. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. Everybody have a great day because we are out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.